Welcome to Side Hustle City, and thanks for joining us. Our goal is to help you connect to real people who found success turning their side hustle into a main hustle, and we hope you can too. I'm Adam Kaler. I'm joined by Kyle Stevie, my co-host. Let's get started. All right, welcome back, everybody, to the Side Hustle City podcast, and as always, the trusty co-host, Kyle Stevie. I am here. Kyle's dealing with some drama today. We won't talk about it. No, we won't. But he didn't come in here in a happy mood, but he does got his bottle of water, and he's already drank halfway through it. I got a deformed mouth. Like, I, like when I had the roof of my mouth, I don't know if it's when I had braces or if I was born like this, but I'm like an upside-down pelican. So I can hold more water in the roof of my mouth than any human being on Earth. I, I can chug beer faster than pretty much anybody. Isn't there a show you can go on for that? Human tricks or American? Some sort of sweet porno or something crazy. <laughs> Oh, man. Might not be the kind of porn you want to be in. I had to pay my way through college <laughs> <See>? somehow. <laughs> oh, man. So today, guys, we've got a guest, Dominic Rossi. Is it Rossi? Rossi, yep. Okay, like the firework people. Uh, that's Rossi. It's R-O-S-S-I. Oh, so I yeah. pronounce it right. I, did, I was yeah. going to go wrong. I, I, I think, yeah, I think there, yeah, it's different. No, I'm not related, unfortunately. Okay, I always got to clarify that I'm not the toilet people. So, yeah, <laughs> it's spelled different, too. But uh, Perry Real Estate, right? Mm, Perry Real Estate College, yep. And you yep. brought a you brought a friend with us. Introduce yourself, sir. Yeah, no problem. This is Kent Gray, also with Perry Real Estate College. Kent Gray. All right, that's a cool name, man. It's like a like a movie name. Eight letters, simple. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Very American, Kent Gray. <laughs> I get jealous like of everybody's names because mine's Steve, like Kyle Stevie. I'm like man of three first names, yeah. like a country music singer. Well, try Kaler, K O E H L E R. Yeah, like that's, not fir- that's not a first name. Yeah, but it's yeah. I'm, I'm Adam Kaler. I'm pretty much defined by regions. Like you can only live in the South, son. Yeah, he's got a cool like superhero name, and this dude's got like an Italian name. It's like he could do anything with his name. He could start a wine company. He could do what can you do with a German name? Have, it's like Bratz. I, I feel that the name like. Dominic Rossi, you should have more jewelry on right now. Oh, you totally should, dude. Wait, you should be on a drip on point. Earrings and all sorts of cool <laughs> yeah, stuff. Yeah, all the drip. <laughs> so anyway, so cool, man. Yeah, so thanks for joining us. And um, we got connected through one of your friends. Bonnie. Bonnie works for us, yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Aha. Yeah, How's she, she doing? She's she's doing quite well. She uh, she does all our client outreach, and um, yeah, she uh, set us up, and we're real excited about the experience. Talk about the company. Talk about how you can you know you re- real estate is a side hustle, and it's uh it's uh it's a it's a good thing. You know, it's a cheap way to get in. It's a cheap uh it's a it's an easy entry into a, a, a relatively lucrative career if you work hard. So if um, you work hard, if you that's the important part. Bonnie, thank you for setting this up. We actually talked about this. Uh, I talked to her four weeks ago or something like that. Unfortunately, one of our classmates funerals, we went to a bar afterwards, gave him the proper Irish wake mm. and she was, t- we were talking about it. So I thought she was going to want to, she was talking about coming on herself. Yeah. we got this tiny room. Yeah. Well, um, no, I'm glad that we're she, big I'm guys. Glad, I'm glad that she brought, I'm glad she like, you know, got you guys in here. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. No, we, uh, we're the ones that run the company, and uh, I think we're you know good good to talk about the brand, talk about the you know real estate education industry, and you know, um, but yeah, no, happy you know happy to happy to get connected with you guys, that's for sure. So where are you guys based out of? So right now we are based out of uh, our offices in Wilder, Kentucky. So is this uh, like Steve? Is this the uh, black and yellow signs I see on? Is that that yeah, same so Perry? He's the guy. He's our lead instructor. He's the founder of the company, and uh, so it started out you know twenty or so years ago as Kentucky Real Estate College, and we've licensed thousands and thousands of Kentucky real estate agents. And about a year ago, I was actually living in Spain at the time. Ken had reached out and said, Hey, you know, what do you think about, you know, taking this thing national? So I kind of started learning how to create educational content. I built out a whole course catalog. And um, now since the beginning of January, we've gotten into, we're in five States. We're getting in two more, probably in the next two weeks, Alabama and Kansas, but we're in Kentucky, Tennessee, South Carolina, Oklahoma, and Missouri currently. And that's under the, the brand Perry real estate college. So yeah, yeah King Perry is that, that company's got like Southern Campbell County on lockdown. He does. You drive down route eight or double a or 27. It's nothing but Perry signs for like land sales or buildings or commercial sales. There are, there's nobody else out there. Wow. Signs are in your face. They're big yeah. too. People are loyal Enormous. in Kentucky to, to the people. And yeah, if you've been especially, around here a while, especially Southern Campbell County, I don't like that's a bubble that's impenetrable. 
See, I don't know. I'm from the West Side, so everybody's like, if you're from Price Hill, you just pretty much have to like. You, there's like a, you have to help each other out. It's kind of like, like it's just the way it is. It's kind of like that, but not without like the Sharks versus the Jets type mentality. Oh, without the like, gang, yeah, you can you can walk down Main Street in Alexandria and not get jumped. See, like, so yeah, like in Price Hill, like you could have been enemies when you were growing up there. But then later on in life, if somebody needs something, even if you were enemies before, you still got the price of the thing. Like the price of the thing is above everything else. So it's like you got this internal drama in the neighborhood, but then outside of the neighborhood, like you have this brotherhood. Like you have to. It's you like can't, well, you can't you can't make fun of the a price hill person unless you're a price hill person. Exactly. If you're oh outside yeah. And someone talks. Oh a little, God forbid. A little crap about price hill. You're like, what are you what are you, what are you doing? Yeah. That's, that's what it is. It's kind of like Camel County Brosser. They have this little rivalry going on. But if you get north of the 275 bridge or like the, the underpass, then you get in northern Camel County and like trying to get into that social scene underneath that. Because I went to I went to Newport Catholic and we have people from, you know, the south and the north of Camel County. And I felt like a fish out of water whenever we would go to one of those parties. Camel County was cool. Those guys didn't care about nothing but having fun. But the Brosser guys were kind of cliquish until we got out of high school. Mm, okay. Just letting you know, letting you know, like giving you a little feel for the local flavor. So almost like real estate royalty, you guys come from. We do, especially from Campbell County. Yeah, real estate royalty in Campbell County. Yeah, he purchased the the for company. sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and he's yeah he's the lead instructor. But uh, yeah, no, we uh, we develop all the material and we sell it in a bunch of states now. And you know, we're exploring partnerships to hopefully get into Ohio soon. So Ohio's our big fish that we got our eyes on. They've got a kind of interesting situation in Ohio. It's one of the only states in the country that requires you to offer it for college credit. It's a real big barrier to entry. Um, about five years ago or so, the law was changed. They didn't allow distance education at all in Ohio for real estate education. But they changed the law to allow distance education. But the big player in Ohio, I don't know if you've heard of Honduras College. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. So they have 90, 95% of the market share in yeah, Ohio sure. right now. And that, in turn, makes Ohio courses one of the most expensive courses you can buy. So in Kentucky, you can get a real estate license for, I don't know, Three hundred ninety-five dollars, you know, depending on what, what we sell for three hundred ninety-five currently um, in Ohio, it's over a thousand. Oh, thanks, corporate monopoly. Exactly. So we're we're exploring partnerships to uh, to break in, um, and uh, we're hoping to be in Ohio by the end of the year, and hopefully drive that price down a little bit. So, I love it. Yeah. Wow, a little competition. Yeah. Oh man, Honduras, here's you coming, man. They're going to get their lobbyists at the state house. I know. No, well, buddy, Northern Kentucky does everything better than Cincinnati, except for high school football. Wait, say that again. So Northern Kentucky does everything better than Cincinnati except for high school That's football. That's true. Yeah. Westside, dude. One year. I remember this. It was, I think, when I was in college. No, no, it was like 2000. The West Side of Cincinnati had three teams in the USA Today top 10. Elder, St. X, and Colerain. I remember that year. You remember that? Mm -hmm. It was unbelievable. I think Mr. Simpson was the running back back then for Colerain, and he was supposed to go pro, and then something happened, like, personally with him and everything. But, man, we had— Yeah, like, four guys go to Ohio State off that team. Oh, I watched that Colerain. I watched Colerain play CNX over at Paul Brown. That was like watching a small—that was like watching a Division three college team play play each other. It was amazing. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, we uh, got—even UC right now is ranked, I think, 30th in recruiting. And, I mean, that's—you're talking about, you know, not a Power 5 school. And, uh, you know, they're ranked 30th in recruiting because, you know, a lot of times they'll come and get the guys like the premier three-star guys. Like we still can't crack that four-star thing. We got one four-star guy from, I think, Archbishop, uh, whatever, up in Dayton. And uh, he's our one four-star defensive guy. But you look at Ohio State and it's just like five-star, five-star. There's like maybe one four-star and the rest of them are five-star blue chip guys. Like top, they, they get like eight out of the top, like 10 probably you know, ESPN 100 players. It's insane right now. I don't know. Ohio State's like monopolized. They're even doing better than Alabama and a lot of the SEC schools right now. Uh, bite your tongue. <laughs> where, are, where You're from around here, right? Yeah. So I, I uh, actually, um, my parents live in Owensboro, Kentucky. So Western okay. Kentucky. Um, I went to college at UofL and then law school at Northern Kentucky. Oh man, Louisville guy. So yeah. you're Owensboro? Yeah. yeah. I got, uh, my wife's aunt and uncle live in Utica. Oh yeah. That's, yeah, that's out, out, in, the, out in the sticks a little bit, but that's definitely Owensboro. Yeah. He's a, he's a doctor. Or there in Evansville, he's mm-hmm. a surgeon. Yep. So did you go Davies County or I went, I went to Davis County. Yeah. What year did Davis you graduate County. from there? I graduated in 2007. Never mind. You don't know. Yeah. My cousin Jason Wyrick, he went to uh, Louisville. He just graduated a couple years ago, and now he's at Tennessee. But he's 100% Louisville football, Louisville sports, Louisville mm-hmm. everything. My buddy Mike Collette, his whole freaking family went to Louisville. Like, I mean, there. You know, his dad was the 
His dad was they the. This, they do this all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His dad was the uh, the mayor of uh, Villa Hills for a little while, but oh my god, dude, talk. That's a click right there. You yeah. talk about. It's it's like the little brother syndrome. Everyone in the state loves UK, so you got to really bond around the 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 U of L sports. That's what well, the Yum brand. I mean, whenever Louisville plays, fill, they fill up the Yum brand. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just basically Louisville Metro, that, and like you get down to I guess Elizabeth E Town and you know Oldham County. But Oldham County's got all the money. All oh, the, it's, the, yeah. it's the wealthiest county in the state. Is it? I would assume it would be somewhere up here. It's one of the wealthiest in the country, actually. Dude. Yeah. Dude. You drive. I, you somebody all that old ground foreman Pro- money? Prospect. Papa John used to have a big old house. Oh, right. Doing par three golf course and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a real wealthy. I area. had no idea. And I went to watch um, Cam and Elijah play North Oldham. And you had to drive. Like, it's, it's one of these places where you have to allot an extra hour to drive because it's a two-lane road. And everybody rides a bicycle like they're freaking Greg LeMond or Lance Armstrong, <laughs> no matter their body type. And you just sit What there. is it about white people with money and bikes? Like, what is the thing? Like, all of a sudden, you got to be like a- so like a gear, too. You get, you get the whole outfit. Oh, you got it all, man. You yeah, the fucking helmet with the, like, spiky thing on the back. Yeah, it looks but, like- But they, like, they get together in groups of, like, four, and then they'll drift like this. And then you're like, I, I think I can pass, but I really don't want to be that guy that hits the bicyclist because the, then I'll be- X Xed out of society forever. Yeah, it's uh you can tell you're you're in a society that's doing pretty well when you can just at one o'clock in the afternoon take up two lanes of a two laden road with Yeah, right. Mid Italy. <laughs> People trying to get back to work and you're like, Oh, I don't care about work. It's fine. I got people that work for me. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen the stock prices lately? They're doing fine. This is a six thousand dollar bike. <laughs> Signed by whoever. I could lift it with my Some finger. French guy. Yeah. It's so light. So Tell us a little bit about the business. So, you, how'd you guys get involved with this, by the way? Yeah, so I, I'll just yeah, I, like I said, we started at, as a as a state brand um, a long time ago, in person classes, and then Kent was a big integral part of the transition to an online brand. So now we're totally online, um, and again, we we built up a really good customer base in Kentucky. We have a, a pretty large market share of the people that get a real estate license in Kentucky, um, but we do beyond that too. So if you were a realtor and wanted to get to be a broker, you know, we got a broker's license. We offer broker courses, broker management, broker law. If you need your continuing education, we have that as well, post license. So we have a full slate of courses in Kentucky and most of the states were starting to build out the, those full slates, but we definitely offer pre-license them. Um, but yeah, so we just took a, took a turn. Let's say, let's, t- let's turn this thing into a national brand and, uh, you know, did a whole rebranding exercise. We built out a website and, you know, did a crash course on SEO title tags, H ones, H twos. We're pumping out content regularly. We kind of, my language, right? We kind of, we kind of see ourselves as, um, definitely, a you know, a education company, but a big part of our mindset too, is, you know, we're in the traffic business to a certain extent. So you hear this, this is yeah. Kentucky people talking right now about SEO and about the importance of going digital. I love it. Mm-hmm. Things are starting to happen. Like this is, people got to understand, like, I mean, you've got a lot of folks that kind of live in the, you know, the, the pre-internet days still, you know, the old man started the business a million years ago, you know, he got his war buddies and stuff. Those were his clients. He'd go to the Elks and that's how he met people or, you know, he's part of some social club or go golfing. It's not like that anymore. Like mm-hmm. you can't, that's not how you sell anymore. Mm-hmm. Like you gotta be online. You're competing, um, for keywords. You're competing with people like much bigger companies. Oh yeah. Um, but you know, you gotta shift to digital and if you haven't already, I mean, got for God's sakes, like you mm-hmm. should have did it five, 10 years ago. Right. But, uh, you know what you guys are doing, you're saying, Hey, look, you know, regardless of COVID or regardless of any of these things, we can still operate a business because you could primarily, I guess, take a lot of this training online. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yeah. So did you set this up? Well, Ken Perry, Mr. Campbell County, he started the, or he bought the school in 2007. I started with him at the school in 2012, just after he went online. So we started developing the courses there. We, um, we actually had one course at the time. Um, just a small school in the state. And um, yeah, I guess over the course of five years, we got it to the largest in-state school for real estate. And then we've kind of expanded to the uh, the other states here after that. So we've just been kind of building on top of all that. And we're at a point right now where we're just blowing up. Nice. So what's your background? My background, uh, finance, NKU. Um, I actually live in Georgetown. I don't know if you guys are. Yeah, okay. Not, not Kentucky, Ohio. Oh, Georgetown, Ohio. Uh-huh. Okay, cool. Yeah. It's, uh, it's in the middle of nowhere, like 25 oh, yeah. residents. It's uh, very, very small. But yeah, started in KU, worked for Ken Perry at the real estate office, moved to the school. And then uh, 10 years later, here I am, seven states and counting. Now, are you doing uh, digital also for them? Or are you, or are you just strictly finance? 
Oh no, I don't do really anything finance with the company. I um, handle most of the customer relations. So do a lot of that, um, help with the back end of the website, different types of SEO stuff, kind of jack of all trades type. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Telling people to, to make sure they name their images when they upload them and resize them <laughs> so that they're not gigantic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Run, throw some alt tags Google, on there. Running Google yeah. Lighthouse, making sure everything's good to go. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Doing all those things. Good. Well, good for you, man. So in, in, um, Dominic, what's your background? Yeah. So I, uh, in, in college, I was political science economics major, and then I went straight to the law school and, um, while I was in law, after graduating law school, I actually started working for Ken as his general counsel at his, at his real estate company. So I'm a, by trade, I'm a real estate attorney. I've been practicing real estate law for about almost eight, 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 nine years now. And then, uh, life changed. My wife got a job in Barcelona, Spain, and I needed to figure out. Love Barcelona. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Except for Los Rambles where all the pimps come out at night. <laughs> yeah. You got to watch pockets. Oh my God. They won't leave you alone. It's like, Hey, do you want a partner tonight? And yeah. I'm like, nah, bro, it's cool. And yeah. then. How about your wife? I can't speak for her. And you got all the guys with the little toys and stuff uh, and they'll like shoot them off right next to you. Like yeah, you want to buy them. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah so annoying. But so you anyway. still had to pay your bar dues though, didn't you? I know. I know. Yeah. I, did you learn Spanish or did you already I, know Spanish? I, yeah. My wife's fluent. I, I got pretty decent while I was there. You know, Catalonian? Don't, or don't did you learn? Spanish. Yeah. Catalonian yeah, is a yeah, different yeah, thing. Catalonian is, it is an entirely different thing. It's uh, it's, it has very similarities. It's like a French Spanish. Um, you can get, you, you can't, you know, just expect if you know Spanish to, to understand Catalonian at all. But um, and Barcelona is a very heavy Catalonian region language. They don't they don't everyone speaks Spanish, but they prefer to speak Catalonian. Oh, they they're, they're like they're a lot of pride in Catalonia. Yeah, they want their independence. They, they want they're like Texas. Catalan they're like the Texas of, of Spain where yeah. they're like, oh, we're going to get we're going to break off. We're going to break off. I know. They keep threatening to do it. Yeah. You know, the year but, before we moved there, they tried to do their little independence vote and the the national government came and actually squashed it. Oh, and they yeah. Out the Poland Madrid stations. was not cool with that. They were not. They need to do yeah. like the boss country does and just is like, we're going to sit up here in the north. We're not even going to speak Spanish. Leave us the hell alone. Well, the boss people are pretty much Irish. Yeah, like they're, they're Celts. Yeah, they're Celts. Yeah, they're like the one little region of Celts, but well, they've got their own exactly thing. they're not exactly sure if they're Celts. They don't know where the language comes from. Well, even their DNA is different. Their DNA is different than everybody else. Yeah, I've like seen they're those, different from those the Celts and trees and the, yeah. that uh, that bass. It's like Albanian. It's like Albanian. Nobody strange, knows. Nobody yeah. knows where Albanian comes yeah, from either. Not. Well, you know when the when the Moors invaded Spain, they took over pretty much everything but the Basque country. Yeah, El Cid. Yeah, El Cid. And then the Basques were the ones who essentially the people in the north were the ones who unified again and then went back into the south and attacked uh, and took the country back. You ever watch Kings and Generals? Yes, on YouTube? it's great. Yeah. Have you ever seen it? I have not. Kings and Generals is an awesome channel. It's like 15 minute snippets of like history. And they were talking about um, when the Muslims took over a huge part of what was the Roman empire. And then how like 30 years, like the Berbers, Mm -hmm. all those different tribes. As soon as there's like a little bit of weakness and they weren't in Mecca where that, wherever their capital was, they started taking in their own independence. And then they, they went into Spain and took over. That's where Mm -hmm. like, the, what is it? A really, really cool. All um, right by down south. I think it's by Sevilla. They have a really cool uh, Gibraltar and all that. Or no, they have a really cool like palace. Oh, and it looks very Muslim. Andalusia, Andal- yeah, Andalusia. What Andalusia? Yeah, yeah that's it. South, it has yeah. Andalusia, but that's the, a whole the, the palace has uh, a okay. the palace has a name, and it's very famous. I just can't remember it. I think it's in Valencia. My Spanish teacher is going to kill me. I think it's Valencia. Mm-hmm. I've been to Valencia. Yeah, I think it's Valencia. That he's talking no, about. No, but the palace has its own. I just love name. Ibiza or Ibiza. I bet you do. Ibiza. <laughs> Ibiza. Yeah. I yeah. The first Where time Europe goes to party. I, Pretty I, much. I remember my first Spanish class when I was a, when I decided it was going to be my minor. And I had never, all the classes through high school and to that point in college, I never heard a native speaker from Spain. And when she started speaking, I was like, oh, this is fantastic. I got a speech, I got a Spanish teacher with a speech impediment. I'm never going to understand anything she's saying. Because they say this, 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 like when they do their this, this. Mm-hmm. Because the king. Yeah. The king of Spain had a lisp. Or the king of is Catalonia. That, is that why they do it? Yeah, that's why they do yeah. it. Yeah, the king of uh, whoever it was of Catalonia or whatever Don't at the time. Off. Yeah, he had a lisp. So everyone in the country started speaking with a lisp so he didn't think he was weird. Yep. When you're the king, you can do what you want. You can do what you want. I mean, it makes sense. <laughs> I declare everyone speaks with a lisp for now. And you're like, damn, okay. It, it makes perfect sense. So uh, how's the, how do you, like, how you like being a, a lawyer? 
Uh, I honestly, I went to law school with the ambition to not necessarily be an actual lawyer. I kind of wanted to get in the business side of things, which was really nice when I, you know, got out of law school, got in that general counsel position and just learned commercial real estate and, and running a, you know, a small, you know, at the time brokerage and it's, you know, expanded quite a bit. Um, but I, I knew, I, I knew I never wanted to be in the courtroom or anything like that, but, uh, you know, I do agree with the paying the dues every year it would be kind of nice to, to, if we could escrow it. In some there you go. But, buddy, I have the battle every single year. And I they, talk they to recently, them. they get more expensive. As I know. You get I, older. I, I, I'm retiring my, I've never used my license. So I'm going to retire. I'm, there's no point for me to keep doing continuing legal education classes. And this, if I'm not going to, Ohio lets you pause it mm-hmm. and then you got to go back and do a shit ton of CLEs, but that's fine. That's what you should do. Kentucky's like, nope, you're going to have to pay it. So I asked a guy, I asked the one guy who's the Northern Kentucky rep, I said, this makes zero sense. If I'm not practicing, why isn't there an option where I can pause my license and then let my CLEs accrue? And when I want to get my license back, I just go through all these CLEs. I show you the certification that I've done the courses and then I pay dues for this year. Why do I have to continue to pay dues for something I'm not getting a part of? So essentially he gets all lawyery with the lawyery guy. <laughs> <laughs> he feels the pain. I mean, it's frustrating. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay, that's cool. So you were doing commercial. Yep. Yep. Okay. We were doing, yeah. Yeah. You know, essentially, you know, Ken not only has that little real estate company, but he's he owns a bunch of properties all over here, you know, a couple shopping centers and things like that. So you know, all the tenant landlord stuff, all the leasing, um, and any kind of big commercial transaction. If we're buying like a big warehouse or shopping center like that, there's a whole bunch of due diligence that you need someone that, you know, it's good. Well, we just filled this place up again. This is more or less a co working space, but we, you know, we ran out the rooms or whatever. Um, but there may be some opportunities here for us to work together, I think. Did you did you see like their their reaction and how they talk about that though? He's the thing about buying like a warehouse house or another shopping center. <laughs> yeah. Like just for everybody yeah. else, it's like, I'm going to have a shopping center. Well, talk I'm about industrial. Like I, so much of it. I think there's an opportunity right now. I mean, I don't know if a lot of our, our listeners could take advantage of it, but with logistics and all this other stuff happening right now and with these delays and things like warehousing and industrial, that whole sector of real estate seems to be doing really well. Yeah. I mean, I mean, honestly, yeah, with, like you said, like the logistics and the whole, that whole situation right now, everything's moving to, you know, people aren't going to stores anymore. So you need to move things from one place to another rapidly. Amazon's buying up all kinds of stuff. So yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't study the market as close as I used to when I previously worked at, and I've kind of shifted my attention into you know, the education sector of mm-hmm. things, but you know, it would make sense from the way that, you know, global economy is changing to more of a, you know, buy stuff on your phone, you know, and it gets delivered to your door. You, you would think there's going to be a ton of facilities that are going to be converted from something else into, you know, essentially logistics centers, yeah. transportation hub centers. Well, there's a guy on Amazon and he, he this guy's multi, multi-millionaire many times over and he's, he has this whole thing where he just gets on there and he talks to people that own these warehouses and they, you know, they build these things and they pop them up in no time. I mean, it's just steel frame build them for the most part, right? With a concrete floor yeah. and uh, just big space and you throw a bathroom and maybe a little office in each one of them. And it's just a big room. And, and, you know, you have parking and everything else and a way for a truck to back in and all that. They pop these things up and these guys are making hand over fist yep. money. And then you lease it out and the, the person that leases it from you is probably going to build out the whole thing inside for you. So, you know. And generally the land for these are cheap. It's not like you have to be close to anything because it's not like it's a person. Like you're close building. Close to a highway. I mean, that's about Yeah, it. close to a highway. Yeah. You don't, it's not like residential people are going to live there and they're going to be like, oh, there's no lake nearby. You know, it's like, then nobody gives a shit. It's like, I'm going to pull a truck back here and we're going to throw some boxes in it and off I go down the highway. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's not as much, it's not as much location, location, location outside of the highway thing. A lot of those two are, you're going to put all the cost on the tenant too. So it's going to be a a very strict triple net lease. So the cost of ownership, if you own the land and you build the building, you're passing off all your property costs right straight through to the tenant. Yeah, you don't have taxes, you don't have, I mean, you you have them, but. It's all passed through, so. Wow, amazing. So there, there's a whole world out there, I think, in real estate. And we, you know, a lot of times on the show here, we have, you know, real estate people on just discussing different aspects of the real estate world. And uh, we've never really had anyone on here. We've had Ash Patel who's talking about, hey, buying and selling commercial real estate. Mm-hmm. We've had Nate Barger on here talking about, you know, residential, multifamily. Now he's buying hotels. We've never really had anybody on here to talk about the side hustle of being a real estate agent. Get it, yeah, getting in, getting your foot in the door. If you don't feel like you can be an investor, like you don't have the money or you don't have the contacts, another way to get your foot in the door is to be a realtor. And you, you know, you get the, you get inside scoop for the investment side of it with some stipulations since you've got your license. But you also sell a building, you get the commission. Well, and it's crazy because you know, like I'm co-founder of Dot Loop, but I don't have my real estate license, mm-hmm. and we just built like the application that damn near everybody uses. Yeah. 
and I've never even been a real estate agent. You know, I bought, you know, before that I was buying property. So I was, you know, I'm a landlord. I've been a landlord for 15, 16 years. Um, but I've Cincinnati, never. Since the inquirer comments said you were a slumlord. Yeah. Oh yeah. It did say that. Yeah. Well, that's because they're all socialist bastards. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, if you're planning on buying and selling property, if, if you want to get in this game of, of residential, Mm -hmm. I mean, would it just make sense to just be a, uh, be a real estate agent? Even if you, even if you don't plan on like doing a full time. Yeah. A lot of times it makes a lot of sense because I mean, if you're going to, if you're going to use your own money and and buy and sell property, you're going to usually have to pay a commission on one side of it if you're going to sell it. So you're going to have to say, Mm -hmm. pay the buyer's agent. But if you're the buyer, you know, you can at least save that 3% or whatever the percentage is, you know, it typically in this area, you know, they're not supposed to say, you know, Hey, the standard commission is this, that, or the other, but a lot of times it's, it's three, it's a six split three to three. So if you were to purchase a property and then try to sell it, you know, you could save yourself 3% on every sale, every flip, every house flip you did. If you had a real estate license, you could list it yourself. So you don't have to pay someone else to list your property for you. So, and it's, like I said, it's a pretty cheap bar to entry. Um, you know, when it comes down to it, it's a, a course that, you know, you can get through in just a month, two months, depends. If you want to treat it like a full-time job, we can get through our course in a couple of weeks um, and then go ahead and pass the state test. And, you know, you got yourself a little prepackaged, pretty cheap startup business sitting right there for you. They depend on how much effort you want to put into it. I mean, you know, we have plenty of students that went through and they're super successful realtors. Now we have some people that, you know, are firefighters and then they just make 20 grand a year because they help their family sell properties. They help their friends sell properties. They just do a, you know, I like that idea. I like that. It's really, it's a, it's just a nice little extra stream of income. The sweet gig is being in the leasing agent because you when you're the leasing agent you get that 6% split at the time of lease and then when they re up you get 3% uh, well 1.5% if you're splitting it and then when they re up again you get a split of 1%. So it kind of you go, it go you get to go to the well three times. Yeah. Mm. I found that out the hard way cuz I found I signed <laughs> Well, with I haven't real- had to do it cuz I don't have a leasing agent here, but I I'm interested in what this is all about. Well, I signed with a realtor to Lease our space for the, the, no, the no, 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 that's J- Joe's taking care of that uh, in Fort Thomas. Okay, and this dude was lazy, and he, I mean, it took everything just to get him to take a picture once we had t- put the actual front door in, and we found the tenant, and I did the leases, and because I signed that stupid contract, I still have to pay him. Had the ice cream shop re-upped, I would have had to pay the the second a re-up a re-up lease commission. Thank God they got bought out, so I don't have to do it. But, dude, I was pissed. It's wow. my own fault. I'm like, I'm the. That's another reason I don't practice law. Is like I'm the worst lawyer in the history of the world. <laughs> <laughs> I just like cost myself four thousand right now. That probably <laughs> outside of committing a felony, I'm the worst lawyer in the entire world. Golly. Yeah. So, so one of the things when we were doing dot loop, I remember somebody telling us one time that. Ninety percent of the business is done by ten percent of the agents. Not even the eighty twenty rule. Mm-hmm. It's even more dramatic than that. Mm-hmm. And that ninety the ninety percent of agents that don't do a lot of work, they may sell one or two houses mm-hmm. a year. And and I don't know. Is that because in, in your experience, is that because maybe they don't take it seriously? They don't have the time to do it, or did most of them go into it as a side hustle mm-hmm. just to ex- like sell two houses a year? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I would say a good chunk of it is that it it takes a self motivated person. <coughs> so, like I said, it's a cheap cheap bar to entry to get in. You can get a real estate license for you know a pretty short period of time, quick cost or low cost. Um, but <coughs> it really takes a certain person that's going to work those, you know, 12, 14 hour days for the first year or two and not make that much money. And then you're going to, you're going you're to make a leap at some point in time. Um, so a lot of people, there's probably a decent amount of turnover, you know, people get in and then say, okay, I, this isn't something I can use to sustain a family on, but then they get another job and then they sell those couple houses a year and they just make that five, six, seven, you know, up to, you know, 20 grand a year, you know, something like that where they, you know, it's, it's, again, it's a supplementary income. So yeah, that's kind of, cause I, I mean, being a real estate is hard. Like, I don't, I don't think people understand if you really want to be a productive agent, you got to put in a lot of time until you can get to the point where maybe you got a team under you. But I mean, you're running around personally showing people property and some of these people are picky as shit. 
and, and right now there's such low inventory in this market too. Yeah. We have, you know, we, in our company, like, like you said, you know, Bonnie, Bonnie works for, she's a, she's a real estate agent as well. Our other customer relations, um, business development manager, Gabrielle, she's a, she's a real estate agent as well. We really encourage that kind of, you know, go out there and kind of go get an attitude. And it really helps when we talk to like broker partners, cause we park with the brokerages actually having people in the real estate industry. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, they have stories now where they show, you know, 15 houses on a Saturday and every single one of them, they try to write offers on, it's just, they got six, seven, eight, nine offers and it's just escalating prices with the tight supply. You know, it is difficult, you know, to, to, to get that deal, you know, inked, but you know, the prices are pretty high, so you don't have to sell too many. <laughs> so, so one of the things I've never really understood is like the whole, the broker thing, like why don't more agents try to be brokers? Cause it seems like the broker is the one who gets all the damn money anyway and doesn't have to do that much work. Yeah. But is it, is it because getting a broker's license is so hard? Mm, I wouldn't call it hard. I mean, it's definitely another, you know, we offer the courses that are required for it. In Kentucky, you have to have some college education or you have to take a certain amount of hours, um, courses we do offer. But um, it's, it is an, it's another level of, if you want to just be your own broker and do your own thing and not give your own splits up, I think that makes a lot of sense. But if you want to be the broker that's going to try to compete with other brokerages and get other agents under your tutelage, to that, that's when you start really making the money is, you know, you may have other people making money for you. Um, yeah, that does take a lot of effort. You know, you have to, you know, I, I don't know. What do you think about that, Kent? Yeah, it's, it's a whole different skill set for a broker. I mean, an agent, you pretty much just have to be a salesman. You're out talking to people, you're selling people. A broker, you have to have that business sense. They kind of, they're running the business themselves and they have these people that they're managing with an agent. You, you don't, you just don't have that. So it's a completely different skill set and there's some other education involved, but I think that's the biggest difference is just the different skill set involved. And a lot of agents just do not have it. And, and, and when you're an agent, you're really an independent person. You're an independent contractor. You're not, you, you don't really work for anybody. I mean, you, you could say, Hey, I've got this badge that says I'm a Sibsi agent or I'm a Coldwell banker agent or whatever, but you really don't, you work for yourself. And, and I think a lot of people too, when they go from that like nine to five mindset to being an agent, there's like a transition, like there's a mental leap you have to make. And, you know, I'd say this all the time. There's a lot of people that I, you know, when we started our ad agency, I used to work at these big advertising agencies and everybody leaves the advertising agency after a certain age, right? You get up to a hundred and something thousand a year. They're like, oh, well, we can just let this person go and hire three kids, right? Mm -hmm. So that's eventually what happens to almost everybody. Well, what do they do? They go out and they start freelancing, but they think, oh, well, the company I just came from, they were doing 350 an hour. So I'm going to charge 350 an hour because it's the same person doing the work, right? Well, then they don't get any customers. And they don't understand these big companies, 40% of their profits has to go back to England or wherever the, you know, the, the, the holding company is that owns them. Right. So, you know, then they get it down, they're 150 an hour, whatever in the world they're charging. Right. And maybe they get some clients from that, but what they don't understand is half the day, you're going to be in QuickBooks. Half the day, you're going to be in your CRM. Half the day, you're going to be writing proposals. You're going to be getting on the phone with clients. You're going to be in meetings with, and a lot of times stuff you can't bill for. Right. And they think, oh, well, let's see, 150 an hour times eight hours a day. Oh, I'm going to make this much, right? Wrong. You know, there's a business to run and you're going to have to do it. And you're by yourself running that business. And it's very similar in real estate. I mean, you still got to keep track of your taxes. You got to keep track of all this stuff. You know, you got to figure out what you're doing. And I think a lot of people don't want to run a business. Mm -hmm. I think that's what it comes down to. A lot of people end up not wanting to run a business. But if you're going to do any kind of side hustle, it doesn't matter what it is, you're going to be running a business. And honestly, I think being a real estate agent is probably one of the lowest barriers to entry that there is uh, for any side hustle. $350 in effort. Yeah. 350 bucks and some, read some books, mm -hmm. watch some videos, yeah. you know, get it, take some online classes here, Perry. Yeah. Yeah. Like really, that's all you got to do. And, and why not? Just get it just to get it. Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody knows somebody who's buying a house or whatever. Throw it up on Facebook now. Hey, just got my real estate license. Oh, crap. I was thinking about getting something. Hey, I'm working with this agent now. I don't like them. They're not showing me everything I want. You know, like, why don't you show me around? You're a buddy. You, you know what I want, right? Everybody's got that friend or two friends exactly. or whatever, right? It pays your costs pretty quickly if you sell one house. So Yeah, and you go to Glamour Shots mm -hmm. and you get your picture to put on your business card and you're you're good to go, right? Showing your age there. Like, no, they Is were, there a Glamour Shots anymore? Uh, I don't even know. Shots have been out of business since these guys. Go to Bo Ricks and then big Glamour Shots. Is they, those aren't around? How old are you? Uh, 30, 30, about to be 32, 31. You might remember. He's right. Yeah. How old are you? Same, 31. Yeah, they're right at the cusp of, dude. Yeah, Bo Ricks might have been was, going out of business. That was, the Glamour Shots were the best. The mother-daughter shots. Yes, with the big hair. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. they were yeah. fucking awesome. They, they, they like, 
super airbrush pictures. Yeah, because we were wispy and it looked like you were kind of in a fog. It kind of, well, you knew. Go to like, like JCPenney to get them. And it was a, but it was a great identifier. Like if you went into a girl's house and like at a party or something like that, and you saw pictures of that, you're like, oh, we can drink here. Yeah. Because she's, this is a mom that still wants to be young. Yeah. These are like the white trash family. Who's like, yeah, yeah. sure. I don't care. Kids do what you want to do. I'm going to be out in the hot tub. <laughs> still want to be young. That's yeah, exactly what that meant. Beer. So anyway, so who are some of the people that you guys, I, and you know, I always knew in real estate, it was like a lot of women generally, the demographic would go into this. Are you guys seeing a shift in that? Is that, is that still pretty much the case or Honestly, interesting enough, when we um, built our national brand, um, we had to come up with what was like the ideal, who our our target customer was. And, you know, we had a a marketing agency and, you know, a design company. And after a bunch of think tank and talking through things, we actually came up with the the ideal customer is a woman between the age of 35 and 44. And Mm. we called her the Becky. And that's who we kind of built a lot of our, you know, color schemes and fonts. And that's who who we were trying to bring to the door. Um, I would say, I don't don't know what the breakdown is between male and female, Ken. I would definitely, it slants slants female. Women are more successful. Mm -hmm. I know that. Yeah, probably. Yeah, Yeah, they, I remember, I think it was like, my uncle at one point up in Loveland, he was the number one male agent in the city, but overall he was like outside of the top 10. Okay. Yeah. And I, I think it's probably also too. So there's people that, you know, just, just sell residential stuff. That's, that's their bread and butter. I would think the commercial side of things might have a, a different mix, you know? Oh, top, I, top actually I've only known guys I in know, commercial. I, there's only a few. Yeah. There, there's oh yeah, exactly. It's all like the complete opposite. It flips. It yeah. Flips. It flips. Yeah. It's like the, the mirror image uh, in commercial versus residential. The commercial guys that I know, that have been successful at it seem more like the uh, still like the 1980s stockbroker that look they still have yeah they totally they are like that slicked hair you're right and they have no like really nice suits and it's very like um, I don't know like posh yeah I it's kind of madman kind of look yeah 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 but I think for whatever reason I think maybe because it's more community based women are better at the residential side because they they can connect. With that, yeah, whatever. Well, it's pro women. I mean, hey, listen to me right now. So no, but I think they're kicking butt. I mean, no, they're good at it, and it's there's something to it, right? And I think it's because they can connect with you. And who makes the the purchase decision, right? For the most part, you guys probably went through some of this work when you were doing the marketing stuff, the persona development. Anybody who knows anything about marketing, or if you don't know about marketing, what Dominic's talking about is they did some persona development, Mm -hmm. and they came up with this Becky persona, Mm -hmm. this woman, right? And um. A lot of times when you make a purchase decision on a house, who actually in the, if it's a couple, it's a family, who's the one making the real decision? It's, it's the wife, the wife's making the decision and she's making that decision based on what schools, safety, size of the home. Is it, is it enough for our family? Is there, does it have the amenities that I want? And the dude's just like, Hey, can I put a bar in the basement? Like that's, that's what it comes down to, right? Like have a big enough garage. Yeah. Where's my grill going to go? Does it got a deck? Yeah. Like that's it, right? Mm-hmm. So the Odyssey or Sienna can go over here for the like during the night, but during the day, this is where I'm going to do a home my carpentry. Mm-hmm. I don't do that in my house, but I yeah. got a Sienna. But I think it is. A, it's it's, it's a good it's a good career for anybody, right? If you think you can connect to people, yeah. you understand people's needs. You can you you're can going got a decent sized social circle, and you're exactly. willing to leverage that. I mean, you could absolutely you know carve that carve out a really nice career in real estate. I mean, if you're social circle is key. Yeah, if you've got a really good social circle, mm-hmm. I think I think you can you can win in this thing. Mm-hmm. You have to want to leverage it too. I mean, you have yeah. to want to be able to you know. You yeah. Well, that, the funny thing is, my that's the scary part is like yeah. talking to your friends and saying, "Hey, career change." Let me sell your house. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to get over that fear of rejection and the fear of like bugging your people that you you're close to and bringing business into your work relationship. I mean, sorry, business into your work relationship, right? business into your personal relationships. Yeah. Well, in my, um, my uncle used to sell Amway. Like he was an Amway guy before he was even doing real estate. So he met tons of people through Amway and he's great at network. I mean, this dude's unbelievable at network. My uncle Bruce. And, was uh, he cool like cyanide drinking Amway? Oh no, he was, he was am- hardcore Amway. Dude, he was doing, I think That's two, what I'm this was like 20 years ago, probably this dude's making two fifty a year in Amway. I watched, well, I watched the video. His downline was, he was like a diamond direct. I don't know what the, yeah, it was like I a diamond. Would, well, something. I was watching the videos of him and like, it looks like a Jesus, a Jim Jones revival. When they do their little, like, their their corporate meeting mm-hmm. where it's like 
oh, this person made diamond. This person made blah, 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 blah. And they like, they all go ballistic for each other. It's like watching a North Korea thing when Kim Jong-il comes on yeah. TV. Yeah. Well, everybody in my family, for some reason, has is sales. Like, they're all sales type people. I don't know what it is, but I don't know if you could tell that about me, but I think it rubbed off a little bit. And now I didn't even hang out with those people. It's just like genetically, like we like talking to people. And You're not outgoing enough. Yeah, I'm not outgoing enough. <laughs> hey, my DNA said I'm introverted naturally, which is weird. Yeah. Screw that DNA. Yeah. It also said I'm really good at math. And Screw I didn't know that, that because <laughs> I, never, I never discovered it because I went to fucking Cincinnati Public. And it just, if, if that skill was there, it was never developed, right? Yeah. Like, it was just like sleeping in class and it's like, whatever. Still time to polish that diamond. Yeah. Yeah. I'm more worried about getting shot when I walk out of the school <laughs> to try to get to the metro than, you know, worried about math. Um, but yeah. So, what's a, you know, big differentiator, I'd say, with you guys, like going, going to you guys, what you have to offer versus maybe like what a Hondros or, uh, any of your other competitors in the state of Kentucky or some of these other states you mentioned, like what's your big, what's your big differentiator? What, what I would say what we try to focus on is, you know, we're full service. We, uh, we, we, we help the student throughout the whole process. We do a lot of one-on-one mentoring, um, helping them actually, once they pass, get apply for their license. Can't, you know, it's, it's student support. Um, and we, we don't want to scale too fast to, and lose that. So right now, you know, our, we get great reviews. Our content is top-notch content, but you know, it's, it's real estate education content, you know, it's agency contracts, you know, stuff that very B2B kind of exactly yeah. you either, you know, know it or you remember the definition or you don't. Um, and I, I honestly, it's, I don't know if it's controversial take or not, but I, I do think the course you take and then you go become a real estate agent. I don't think that's indicative of your success as a real estate agent. I, I we offer courses to help people pass the test. So we have high pass rates and our student supports top notch. And um, so we, we're a small team right now. We're actually, you know, still trying to bring people on board because we're rapidly growing. Um, but I, I can't. What, what do you think? No, I say you hit it on the head. I mean, it's being personable with these people. I mean, they're, they're going to be agents. We're kind of setting that stage up with them. We want to be there with them all the way along their whole journey here. So, I mean, I don't know. You could talk to 10 agents here in Northern Kentucky and probably two of them have gone through our courses and they'll probably remember my name just because of what we've done through them all throughout the years. I mean, people come back to us. We, we hit them all the way through. It's just, it's a process with these people. We try to be there for them and keep it personable. It's just, it, it's different. So what do you guys, you say you're trying to get more people. What, what people are you going after? Like, are you looking for potential agents right now? Or are you looking for people to train? Or yeah, you- no, I'm hiring people. We're looking, we're looking to bring people on board that um, have real estate experience, but also enjoy, you know, working in a fast paced startup kind of environment. We don't, if someone were to come on board, like I said, we got multiple job postings right now. Um, But if someone were to come on board and they had real estate experience and they want to join a team that, you know, right now we only have six people, everyone works together. So the whole bottom line is like, Hey, we we want people that, you know, want to grow with a company. We're at, we're at a stage right now, growth month over month's been, you know, 35, 40%, you know, it's, it's been really nice. So, um, yeah, we're looking for people that have some passionate passion about real estate and, um, you know, want to, you know, expand their network a little bit because the positions we're looking for is in these new States. One of our more successful programs is we partner with brokers and it really helps that, uh, the people that, that we want to bring on board have that real estate experience when you're talking to these, you know, top producers in South Carolina, you know, you can talk the talk, walk the walk, you know, it, it just, it just helps. Oh, is there potential for like your graduates to, Take on these roles as you expand in different states. Say that again. Uh, there's this. I know you want a real estate experience, but it, it, let's say I go in, I identify as Becky, and then I go, <laughs> I go in, and I um, I, I got past the course. I get my real estate license. I'm an agent, and then I'm like, I want to be part of this group. This mm-hmm. I like this university. I like helping mentor other people going through the same process. And then you say, "Well, did you want to live in do you want to live in Washington? Because we're trying to grow our broker relationship out there. Is that a possibility, or do you want somebody who's been in the game for like uh, five, no. six years? You're actually explaining the person we're looking for more. Okay, more. we want people that are younger in the game, people that have been a real estate agent for 15, 20 years. I mean, they're making good money doing it most of the time. You know, I'm not saying we won't bring people like that on eventually, but right now we want somebody you know young, energetic, you know that has an interest in real estate, has an interest in you know starting it, you know, a company that has a lot of growth potential. That's you know that's where we're. How does this transition? So okay, um, next week, right? Um, Holly Maloney and Tom Maloney, Maloney group, 
right? They, I think Holly got named the number one real estate agent in Cincinnati, mm-hmm. right? She's killer, right? All of them. I mean, this is, they're like two of the best agents. I, I call them all the time, right? And uh, they want to meet with me next week. We're actually working on a, a startup for them. But they want to meet me because they just came back from this big EXP conference in Vegas. And I think they just pumped them up. And they need, they, like, the whole thing is it's almost like, a, you know, it's an MLM kind of setup. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they were like, Adam, you ought to really consider getting your license. You ought to get get in here. He's like, even if you don't sell anything, just get some people under you. There's guys making 500 grand a month in EXP that don't even sell anything. They just got people under them. So it's almost like the Amway, right? Mm-hmm. It's like an Amway setup, but for real estate. And she was serious. Like there, you know, the people up on stage talking about how much money they're making. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Do I have to? Would I have to run through the crowd and give high fives as I go down the aisle? Because that's a. Deal I'll do it. that, and you be, the, you be the you be the serious guy. Well, it's like good cop, bad cop, but it'll be like uh-huh. serious guy, crazy dude, right? right. Like we'll do that. We'll I'll, play that I'll, game. I'll be the guy in the background. Yeah, Adam, calm down. I know you're real excited, but let's talk. Let's talk about the business, right? You know, you'll be that guy. You just want to run down the aisle, like I'll be like, let's get fucking fired up, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> And I'll be going crazy. We fuck coke and you shit. You see the picture of me in front of my name? Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. You can do this yeah. in one month of part time with no money down. <laughs> There'll be guys with coolers just throw a beer into the crowd. Like, yeah. And then you'll be like, okay, guys, calm down. We're going to get serious. That'll gonna, be you. They're going to look at us and they're going to be like, Let's uh, let's, let's, let's work for Perry. I'll be the Wolf of Wall Street dude. Like, I'm not fucking going anywhere. That'll be me. <laughs> you'd be the you'd be the lawyer the accountant guy that was in the back like oh my god like i gotta deal with this shit you'd be that guy uh, i'd probably be drunk in a bathroom so he'll <laughs> be catching the beers <laughs> yeah but the uh yeah, so the yeah model models interesting though we've actually we've 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 formed several strategic alliances with companies like that because those people are a sense they're selling real estate to the agents in that company, but they're also recruiters for new agents. So mm-hmm. they're a great source of referrals for colleges, you know, real estate, you know, schools like us. Well, I think when I meet with them next week, that's what they're going to tell me. I should be, you know, Hey Adam, here's what you could be doing. Da, 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 da. So then I have to go get my real estate license. I've been kicking it around, man. So, I mean, honestly, and we love doing some of these side hustles that people come on the show and talk about. So maybe I come down there and get my real estate license. What the hell, yeah. you know, fuck it. The good thing is you don't have to come anywhere. You just give you a website and you log right on. Oh, there you go. Yeah. And you guys all need to show up. Like, this is great. I can't wait to see your picture on the back of a bus. Oh, man. I'm just going to use my mayorship picture. My one when I was running for mayor, I'll just use that same picture. It's cool. Yeah, dude. I'm in a suit and stuff. I'm like. That's not airbrushed enough. You need a real, like, I'm a sweet ass realtor picture in the back. Oh, man. I don't know if I want all that. I just want to be regular Adam. And then I, I mean, not really, I don't even think I'm going to sell anything. I'm just going to like, I'll just get other people on. You know, once I get my license and I get an EXP and I'll be like, Hey Kyle, what's up, man? You want to get your real estate license? Dude, I could bring you like 30 people I probably. Know. Yeah. Custom discount code. To, you know, oh, there you go. Oh, I like here. the custom discount yeah. code. Yeah. I'll talk to Holly for you guys. I don't even know. She, I'm sure she's aware of what you guys mm-hmm. do, but um, she's licensed in Kentucky and Ohio. Okay. So, and I think maybe uh, there's a, she said there's a reciprocacy with uh, Florida. Yeah, so Kentucky has reciprocity with Ohio, Tennessee, um, Indiana still. Or Indiana, no. Indiana, West Virginia, and Florida. West Virginia and Florida. Wow. Yeah, okay. Ohio is a little bit different. They don't offer too much reciprocity going back towards them if you get your Ohio license. But if you have an Ohio license and want a Kentucky license, we have a course. It's it's less than the 96 hours just to get your license. It's 40 hours, and it's just Kentucky law. And then you can sit for the Kentucky law, you know, just the law portion of the exam. Man, they're, all the, they're, all- they're like that with the Ohio Bar Association. Oh. They don't have any reciprocity with any states either. They're in all the states with like the anything goes rules, like mm-hmm. West Virginia, Kentucky, Florida. It's like you'd be yeah. surprised. The, yeah, getting into certain states, like it's just I'm not going to name specific states. Oh, I'll name them: California, <laughs> New York. Yeah, I'm amazed that certain states care a lot more about certain things than other states. Oh yeah, I'm just amazed that Florida's given reciprocity to like different states with all those people, everybody trying to move in. I got you would think you want to keep like a. Artific- like I hate to say the word tariff because they never work, yeah. but a tariff on mm. like or like charge them more or whatever for coming from like coming from an out of state program. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if I don't know if it goes from Kentucky to Florida. I know it goes from Florida to Kentucky. And honestly, surprisingly enough, Florida you can get a real estate license in Florida for under hundred dollars. That's the cheapest state in it's the insane. country. It's ridiculous. Dude, it's a huge market, and we're going to get into it eventually. Oh, yeah. But you got to sell, you know, 10x courses. <laughs> All the billboards in in the state of Florida are attorneys 
and real estate agents. Mm-hmm. It's like everyone's like, are you injured in an accident? It's like, what is going on in Florida? How many people are getting injured in accidents <laughs> down here? If not, are you looking for a new house? Yeah. That's like you're or, suing everybody for everything you in have Florida. A big settlement. <laughs> yeah, asbestos. Yeah, like our, yeah, the, the, the mesothelioma guys are down there too. Man, they're just suing everybody in Florida. I don't know what the deal is. Or like, I think it's because my wife said, because she lived down there for like eight years, she said there's a lot of old people down there and they're running into people. Okay. And you also have crazy people. Like, I mean, when you're down in Miami, I mean, you got guys on motorcycles going down a highway like 150. Yeah. It's insane. Dirt bikes. bikes. Yeah. <laughs> Dirt bikes. Yeah. Well, you also have super deep pockets in Florida. Mm-hmm. Like if you stay along the coast, not so much in the hillbilly inland, not including Orlando. Orlando's enormous but mm-hmm. there are there are areas of there that make kentucky look super super like metro oh yeah and but if you get like along the coast there there's that's where all the money is uh, oh yeah so much stupid all, money all the way down the coast is skyscrapers yeah, yeah. So i mean like, and they're get, constantly building those gets into an accident there's like you can get into their bank account and be like yep this guy can afford to pay three million dollars for my whiplash well, and you know, so we just bought a place in Florida. So my wife's always wanted to go down there and they built a, it's a purpose built. And I, I need to talk about this on side hustle city on the, on the page, because I'm telling them about my, my, uh, my Turo now. And I'm explaining like, Hey, this is a possibility. I need to talk about condo flipping. Hmm. So, you know, a lot of people are doing this, but essentially you get into a new development at the beginning when you can buy it in, in the incentive price. Mm-hmm. And then you just wait it out for a couple of years until they, you know, build the building or at least until they top it off and you're building equity the whole time. And every time they hit a milestone, the price goes up. Right. So essentially I bought this place for 447 back in December, right? Mm-hmm. We decided to buy in November. We finally, you know, paid our first payment in December. So it was 447 and I forget how much the square footage was, but now it's like 960 a square foot. And that same place, because of where it's at in the process is now selling for six seventy five something like that. So I made like two hundred thousand dollars, like two hundred thousand plus already. It's not even built. They just got the air rights, mm-hmm. like the FAA or whatever, just gave them rights to well, you build got, up. You got fifty percent, or to put the cranes you in. You got fifty percent mm-hmm. of your money back. Of your purchase already in there. Oh yeah, yeah. So in the, in the state of Florida, you have to put fifty percent down. For investment, products, for a or, new build, for, uh, new for new construction, new, for new construction, because they they got problems. They overbuilt in two thousand eight, right? So mm-hmm. this, the the banks and the state and maybe the city of Miami got together and said, "Look, if the building is meant to be, then investors will pay will put money in, right? Mm-hmm. So you can only get fifty percent of the capital stack now from the bank. Mm-hmm. The rest has to come from mezzanine, hard money, you know, all the different other, um, or you have to get it from." owners from future owners. So in our case, this building was, uh, it's the first purpose built for investors in Miami, zero rental restrictions. It's anything, Airbnb, whatever you want to do, Venmo or whatever, uh, uh, VRBO, any of those things, right? Yeah. Yeah, And they'll manage it right for 25% versus the, so they they handle it too. Wow. Cause right now there's condo tells down there and essentially you buy it, but the, it's weird. The hotel still kind of owns it. And they go to pay them 50% to manage it. So this is 25% and it's right. Like you walk out of my building and you're at the port of Miami and you can get on a cruise ship okay. or you can walk out of the building and go to a Miami heat game, or you walk three blocks back and you get on the bright line and you take that all the way to uh, drops you off it. And by the time we move into it, mm-hmm. it drops you off at uh, Disney Springs and it's going to eventually take you all the way to Tampa. Mm-hmm. So three hours, you, you know, wake up Miami three hours later, you know, you hop off a train and you're at Disney Springs which is pretty awesome. So, and there's a lot of stuff going on around there. So now they're building my downtown Miami up. There's a building now it's too late to buy an incentive unit in my building, but now there's a building coming up like a block and a half away. That same thing incentive price for whatever reason, they always started $300,000 for the studios. And if you get in now, essentially you buy one of these units, maybe a one bedroom. That's what we got. Um, buy it for four fifty or whatever, like we did. And then you flip it. But every year, you're buying one of these things and selling one of them, right? You get to that point. So say, for example, by the time this place gets built, it's worth 800 grand. I've got $500,000 in equity sitting in this thing that I could take. I could sell the place, pull that out and boom. Cause I've already, I put $200,000 down. Mm-hmm. If, if I wanted to buy, if I wanted to buy it out, then I have to get the loan for the other 250,000 yeah. or whatever it is. Or instead of going and getting the loan, I just sell it before I have to close on it. And boom, I made my 500 grand. Then I go and I maybe I buy two more, mm-hmm. right? And then every year, 
you set it up to can where it's like a ladder, like a finish being made, or is that oh, yeah. a restriction you could sell? Oh, you right can put a, you can get a realtor right and now. sell it before it ever yeah. you know you ever have to close on it. it. I can sell it right now. Yeah, it's ninety five percent sold the building. So I mean now there's a demand, and uh, Miami's such a hot market. But the thing is, is you have to put fifty percent down. So what it's doing is it's keeping a lot of these buildings that don't really have a demand to get built. It keeps all that supply off the market. So now the the condos that are down there are maintaining their value or going up in value over time because now there's less. And, and then on top of that, this is a, a purpose built for real estate investors. So it's people don't know about how this works. But I mean, if you got a little cash or you go to a hard money person to get that 50 percent down, um, you could be doing this. Per, I mean, you do it and make a couple hundred grand a year. It's interesting. I've never heard of this before. Yep. They do it in Toronto. Toronto is like a big market for it because they've got a lot of, uh, instead of people coming from other countries and coming to the United States, like they can't get in here. Mm -hmm. So they go to Canada. Canada is a lot easier to get in. Mm -hmm. So you've got this huge influx of people into like Toronto, Vancouver. A lot of people from Asia come to Vancouver. And then a lot of people, actually, there's a lot of Laotians and mm -hmm. stuff that come to Toronto. But you got a lot of people from other parts of like Western Europe and Eastern Europe that come to Toronto. And the condo market's insane because they have to build up, right? But these people come and they've got money. And, and it's just the prices of condos in Toronto were going crazy. So I don't know if it started here, but one of the big influencers on YouTube, he's in Toronto and this is what he does every year. He just buys one or two Sex places condos. and just every year, just making money. Boom, 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 boom. Right. But you got to be able to take the risk mm -hmm. and you got to trust the developer. That's the big thing. Yeah. The developer of our place, I think he's the uh, chairman of the board for Norwegian cruise lines. So he wanted to build this because he owns a hundred units in the building. Right. And he's like, well, shit, once everything is done with COVID, you walk across the damn street and you jump on our cruise ship, right? And so if you essentially let them manage it for you, they're going to dig into that consumer group, mm -hmm. right? That is going on cruise ships and probably keep the place rented all the time with mm -hmm. people who are going on cruises. Yeah, it's interesting. Very yeah. Interesting. I mean, I love the market. Plus, I mean, you want to buy in a market that if you're not planning on flipping it, buying a market where you want to visit. Yeah. Where you can rent it. Yeah. yeah it's cold as balls yeah. up here in January and February. Mm. I might want to go down to Miami when it's like 80 degrees. Yeah. That's 12 months a year. People wanting to go to Miami. I don't think there's too many months. Oh no. Yeah. Oh, well when it's really hot. hot. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. August, like right now, nobody really wants to be in Miami. Like yeah. it's just too damn hot. Um, but I mean, you know, there's still things going on all year round. There's something happening in that city, you know? Mm -hmm. So this is cool. And I, I think, if I am thinking about getting into one of these side hustles, like this is a, this requires a lot of risk. I mean, a lot of money and risk, right? So you're taking a big swing if you want to get into this condo flipping, but there's other things out there. If I want to get into the whole burr method that, that, um, Nate. Nate talked about, right. If I want to get into that and I want to go out and start buying cheap property, fixing it up, flipping it, renting it, refinancing it. If I want to do all that, it probably makes sense for me to get a real estate license. I mean, there's so many side hustles and ways to make money in real estate. It just boggles the mind. And we've had a lot of people on the show talk about that. Is there, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here. I, I seem to remember that there are certain stipulations on a realtor buying investment property for themselves. Is that right? Yeah. There's different disclosures. Sorry. Yeah. There's different disclosures. If you own the property, you know, you have to disclose the financial interest and things like that. I mean, you're still held to all the ethical standards. Um, can't do any more. I, I know that's, you just have to, they have to know. I know there's a downside to it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's, that's pretty much it right yeah. there. It's, um, yeah, just pretty much that. So if, if, if you're the yeah, if you're the agent, you know, you have to say, you know, I have a financial interest in the property or if it's a, if you're selling a family member's property on the agent disclosure form in Kentucky, you still have to say, hey, I'm related to the person that I'm oh, selling. Okay. But if that's it, then that's not a that's yeah. not bad. I thought there was some kind of restrictions on what you could buy. So that's not the case. What you could buy is a, if you're a real estate agent, like you don't have to like wait well, for if you it had your hit. own listing and you wanted to buy your own listing. There might be some, you know, agency issues there because, you know, you're representing the seller. And if you're the buyer as well, then, you know, how can you adequately represent the interest of a party when you're kind of at odds with that other party, if that makes sense. Mm. So I know that would make things a little bit difficult. But if it's not your listing, if you're going out and buying a house and buying a, a building, I don't you know. Interesting. There you go. Then it wasn't as big of a... Um, speed bump as I thought. Yeah, I thought, yeah. I mean, that's a way to find good property though, is to people come to you with listings and you're like, Hey, why don't you sell it to me? Mm -hmm. Right. So that's, is, is that, that's like a problem. 
Yeah, I mean, some people definitely do that. Um, I know right now, um, you know, my father-in-law, he's and they're they're all realtors uh, as well. Um, they're deep in the real estate game. But since supply is so tight, you got to kind of create your own supply. So they're going out there. You know, a lot of their business now is buying houses to list themselves. And, you know, they'll go out to you know, a listing appointment and, you know, make people offers. You know, it happens quite regularly because, you know, there's just nothing else out there in the market. So mm. I've been looking yeah. at maybe buying something in Portugal just because it's so hot for like, I mean, it's, it's blowing up. Right. And it's been blowing up for years ever since I went there. I mean, we got, after we got married, we went there for one of the places we went on our honeymoon and, um, you could just tell like stuff's happening. It's so cheap to live there. Um, laws and rules and things like that for buying property makes it easy for Americans to come out there and buy stuff. Mm -hmm. And the government's basically bankrupt. Yeah. Well, they got problems in the government, but if, if you, if I get my real estate license here, a lot of that probably could translate. Like if I wanted to go buy in another country, I kind of, it gives me a, like a leg up in a way when it comes to understanding, okay, now what do I got to look out for here? You know, it's, you probably just going through the classes and even though you're not going to be able to represent, you know, I mean, you're, you're not registered in Portugal or whatever, mm-hmm. right? License in Portugal it could still help you to understand like the process and things like that. Right. It definitely gives you the baseline knowledge of, you know, how a real estate transaction would work, you know, who the parties are involved, you know, contract, there's a whole course on contracts in our pre-license course. So you're going to get familiar with purchase agreements, agency agreements, things I've been talking about throughout this whole time, listing agreements, you know, in Portugal, it'd be probably in Portuguese. So I don't mm-hmm. know how well that would, but you're going to at least know, you know, who, who the buyers and sellers are. And I'd, I, I don't know how well it would help personally being the international aspect, but definitely state to state in the United States for sure. Yeah. 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 And, I, and a lot of people probably aren't going to be looking at buying yeah, property when overseas. I, was in Spain, but I went to a few, you know, property, you know, uh, real estate meetings, real estate law meetings, like a little meetups. I think it's what a meetup, the company called meetup. And, uh, Oh yeah. Great. Yeah. yeah but the, the, the system over there is yeah quite, quite a bit different when it comes to buying and selling homes. Um, that it's not like the American system where, you know, there's contract rights, the, the government's involved in a lot of the loans and things like that. So there's a lot, lot higher thresholds on deposits and things you have to put down. And, um, the risk is, it's just allocated a little bit differently. So I imagine that's going to vary country to country as well. Yeah. Even yeah. the stuff I'm talking about, like interested in transactions, like in Kentucky, the disclosures are going to be different than they would be oh, in Ohio or in India. So every state's got a different set of rules. There's, you know, common law, you know, that, that governs a lot of stuff, but they all have different rules regarding disclosures and things like that. So see, they looked at me because we were both thinking the same thing. Black acre. Yeah. Black acre. <laughs> yeah, black acre, green acre for you. Yeah. yeah. That's the property. That's always like the example yeah. of like something's always screwed up on black acre. Yeah. And that's like you, like every fact pattern takes place on this piece of shit land somewhere far, far away where people always die or people never die. And you've got to trace who owns what and who has an easement. And then I had this professor that was like just the most arrogant bastard. And I was like, I hope you go to black acre. I hope you, I I want you in black acre. It was, he was, it was bad. It was tough. So guys, uh, everybody listening, if you want to, uh, if they want to reach out and they want to, they want to, you know, talk about this or at least, you know, learn a little bit more about the possibilities. Is there something on the site that maybe says, uh, Hey, here are the things you could do with your license. Absolutely. Yeah. So our blog's called the career corner. And if you go to perryrealestatecollege.com, um, right at the top, there's the career corner. We write uh, articles, several articles a week on, you know, we even wrote one recently on real estate as a side hustle. (laughs) So you guys inspired a blog article about it. So yeah, how to get your license, you know, different, you know, exterior styles of homes, pretty much anything real estate related, we know, or we're, pumping content out. So if you're curious about it, you can also download when you get to the website, uh, there's a pop-up that pops up a beginner's guide that we have, you know, it's a 20 page document that kind of goes through all the different things, you know, a new agent would need to know, you know, lead generation talks about, you know, e-signing things, you know, dot loop, yes. things like that. The best <laughs> so, little dot loop plug. DocuSign's trash. <laughs> Just FYI. So what is, do you guys uh, have a statistic for like job placement once they graduate? Yeah. So the, the good I thing. I guess you're kind of 100% because you can go out on your own, but. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a, the good thing about being, you know, once you get a real estate license, um, brokerages are always, most brokerages are always trying to bring new people on, especially ones like ESP and stuff like that. 
So you're going to get hired by a brokerage. That's going to happen, most likely. I mean, it, 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 you're going to probably get multiple offers. You need. We have actually articles on this, like how to interview with brokerages to select the right one for you. So I won't get too into the weeds on that. So you'll most likely you're going to get into a brokerage without much of an issue at all, whether or not, you know, you make it as an agent, that's going to be up to you and how much you hustle. I like it. So you got a side hustle that you dictate the terms of how much you make and how often you work and you can do it full time or you can do it on the weekends or you can spend $350, learn a lot about real estate and use it for your own private investment purposes. If they want to talk to somebody, can they just get on a phone call Absolutely, and just yes. chat it up with somebody? Yeah. So go to our website, you know, perryrealestatecollege.com. Um, like I said, download our guide. We'll probably be calling you if you download our guide. So, yeah. Um, but our, our numbers on there, we do consultations of people that want to think about being a realtor. We have, you know, like I said, several realtors on staff, you know, that, you know, work for us and, you know, to, to walk people through the process. What so. states are you in? Cause we actually weirdly, you know, between how much we talk about nothing, mm -hmm. like we're like a Seinfeld episode with little <laughs> side us on the side. We like we have people from other states that listen. Okay, so what states are you guys in? So currently, um, Kentucky, Tennessee, South Carolina, Missouri, yes. and Oklahoma. Okay, and then within the next few weeks, we'll be in both Kansas and Alabama. We're really play, really close to the approval process in there, and then by the end of the year, we'll be in Indiana and Ohio. Ooh, Alabama would be awesome. Huntsville yep. is blowing up. Birmingham's doing better. Mobile is always going to be. Awesome because it's right there on the mm. inlet of the Gulf. Yeah. Yeah. Alabama's nice. That's a good pickup. Yeah. South Carolina was a great market. A lot oh, of people yeah. over the past year or two have been moving. South Carolina has been a very uh, the census population. Like a lot of population shifted into, into certain states and South Carolina is one of them. Yeah. Greenville, Greenville, Columbia, and then the Charleston down to uh, well, Charleston's always been awesome. Yeah. Savannah's, you know, once you get into Georgia, but Savannah's so close to South Carolina. So one of my favorite places too. I well, love Charleston, Savannah. Charleston down to, um, what's the place all the people from Cincinnati go to Hilton Head. Hilton Head yeah. yeah. I mean, that's going to end up into speaking of Georgetown up into Georgetown, South Carolina. That's yeah, why does Cincinnati people only go to like three different places? They go to Gatlinburg, Pigeon Forge area. He just went there. They go to fucking Myrtle <laughs> Beach, Hilton Head. Yeah. Buddy. Yeah. That's it. it. We people ask you what school you go to around here, and they want to go to high school. Naples. If you got Naples. money, then you go to Naples, right? Yeah, yeah. The guy that owns it, Ken. He's but they, it's it's like yeah, Naples. The city the city moves in bubbles. This it does. Northern Kentucky, Northern Campbell County moves in Northern Campbell County. You got the Fort Mitchell people. They they stay in Fort Mitchell. You have Fort. You have the Southern Campbell County people. We've already discussed their little um, interactions with everybody else. Southern Kenton County. Um, past independence, same thing. Boone County, same thing. They just move in circles. Like Fort Thomas, love the city. It's been great for my kids. But everybody goes on spring break together. So you see each other all day long in Fort Thomas, and then you're one vacation, you're in Siesta Key with people from Fort Thomas. Oh, yeah. That's funny. That's it. That, I remember that exact same experience when I was in high school. Like, you just like, everyone would just like go on vacation together. The whole city would go on vacation together. Like, what are we doing here? Like, and it's not like you're in you New York City going into the Hamptons. You're going, <laughs> yeah. you're going 1,100 miles together. Yeah. Well, people in Price O are just urban hillbillies. We're just like hillbillies that just happen to live in the city. And the hills call us, I think. And so everybody goes to fucking Pigeon Forge. Love it. It's like they all get out there and they're like, oh, we're going to go listen to Dolly. We're going to Dollywood and we're going to go see the mountains. We're going to chase some bears or whatever the hell. It's just like because they live in the city so much and they don't ever get to experience nature. And then they're like, well, we'll go down to the hills. It's just like the only place they ever go. Yeah, They won't go downtown or anywhere on the east side. They don't even know what Hyde Park looks like. But they'll go down to Pigeon Forge all the time. It's amazing. Anyway. Well, I appreciate it, guys. Thanks yeah, for your time. Thanks for fun. coming on. Uh, and by the way, I love that Bengals uh, polo you got on. You got to rep the rep the city. Representing. Let people know what's up. See, that's the problem. Though he gave money to he gave money to Mister Brown. We got to okay. boycott this whole thing until he's out. Until he's out, he's never going to leave. Personally, it's a okay. Gift. All right, well, whoever go. whoever bought it for you, I'll find him. Yeah, please <laughs> support him, communism. Get their yeah, get their receipt. <laughs> or extreme capitalism, either one. Yeah. Crony so, capitalism. Crony yeah. capitalism. There you go. All right, guys. Well, appreciate it. Thanks for coming. Yep. Thanks Thank for having you. us. See you guys. Thanks for joining us on this week's episode of Side Hustle City. Well, you've heard from our guests. Now let's hear from you. Join our community on Facebook, Side Hustle City. It's a group where people share ideas, share their inspirational stories, and motivate each other to be successful and turn their side hustle into their main hustle. We'll see you there, and we'll see you next week on the show. Thank you. Thank you.